Don't wait until you have a perfect system in place. Put a system in place and then perfect it. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast, where we discuss insights and ideas for how to protect your most valuable asset, your people. I'm your host, Peter Steinfeld, and I'm joined today by David Markley. David is currently the Director of Operations at Grace Covenant Church in Austin, Texas, and he also has quite an impressive background in security and technology. David, thanks so much for being here. How are you? Doing well. Pleasure to be here, Peter. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me. And our topic of focus today is how you can use modern emergency communication tools to improve incident outcomes. But before we begin, can you tell us just a little bit about your background and your current role at Grace Covenant Church? Sure. My current role is managing the business operations for the church. So among those responsibilities, oversight of our finances, facilities, IT, and security. Prior to that, the majority of my professional experience was in engineering. I started as a mechanical and systems engineer, moved into project management, then into different executive management roles. But within the engineering, the more hands-on work that I did included flight testing of military aircraft condition monitoring for machinery, working on artificial intelligence to determine the condition of those machines, working with network sensor systems to try to determine if there were threats to our military, such as mines or chemical warfare agents. So it all had to do with situational awareness and how did you gather a lot of information and quickly diagnose uh, from that information the right decision. And then similarly, I've worked in different industries, uh, working at a church, working in the engineering world, but also I had significant experience in the sports business. I had the pleasure of helping start three different professional sports franchises. And with those companies, I played a significant role in game day operations, including security. And the threats there are completely different. You know, a lot of times I joke that you have the, the liquid courage, you know, on dollar beer night, you know, it's really what you're dealing with as opposed to hostile threats. And, and our main goal there is just get people home safely, let people have a good time, get home safely. But the security is a major consideration for the defense industry, for stadiums, and then also for the church. So it's been a continuous thread throughout my career. Oh, that's fascinating. And I, I know previously I heard that you describe yourself as having a defense mindset throughout your career. And I'm wondering if that originated from your work with the military. And I'm curious how that mindset has served you in your subsequent roles. Oh, absolutely. I happen to be working in the defense industry when September 11th happened. In fact, I still have an airline ticket with my name on it where I was flying to Washington, D.C. that day for a meeting at the Pentagon. Oh, wow. And so, you know, instantly the words homeland security were part of my vocabulary and they became household words. And so we shift a lot of our focus to how could we help law enforcement, first responders? How could we help, you know, our troops and our allies with situational awareness? Picture troops that are on the ground. They want to know the location and movement of their adversaries. They want to know if a building that's already been cleared is still unoccupied. They want to know if vehicles that are moving nearby, are those vehicles a friend or a foe? We also are looking at that same type of technology for large events like the Olympics, where you have multiple venues spread out geographically. You might have a chemical plant near the Olympic Village that if there was an explosion there, you could release a plume of chemicals, toxic industrial chemicals, and you would want to know where that plume was and the direction it was moving so you could evacuate people through the safest route instead of taking them and directing them into that plume. 
in addition to that, um, you know, we were working with a lot of portable sensors. I was training our customers on how to use those. And I found myself in some somewhat surreal uh, situations. I was on call during a Super Bowl if terrorists attacked. If you think about that for a moment, that's just kind of crazy to say those words. <laughs> yeah. But um, fortunately, there was uh, that threat wasn't realized. Nothing happened. But just to be in that scenario, it certainly makes you more defense minded. What are the biggest challenges that you face in those roles when you're having to deal with all the situational awareness and being more defense minded? Clarity of information. So again, you can get information overload sometimes. It's sorting mm-hmm. through how do you get the data reduced down? Again, it's a situational awareness. And then actionable information. You want to have accurate information. You don't want to have misinformation flowing, and you don't want to have gaps in the information. You want to get that information to the right people in a timely manner. Yeah, I mean, morally, everyone cares about everything, but practically, you can only care about so much. Right. Well, let's talk a bit about your role at Grace Covenant Church. What are some of the unique challenges or emergencies you've experienced there? Right. And so, a completely different type of security is really almost more akin to what I encountered in the sports industry. So on Monday through Friday, our office looks a lot like any other office. You have your normal security concerns that you might in those environments and that many of your your other uh, listeners might experience. But on Sundays, we're really running a lot of large events. And so we have thousands of people here. Maybe 2,000 people might be on the campus attending different events. And in addition to your staff members, you also have volunteers that are in leadership roles. And you have a campus that has multiple buildings. So the security situations there, what might be unique is you have a lot of people that are attending that might have some kind of distress going on. There might be a domestic uh, situation spilling over or, you know, they're carrying in those emotions. There might be homeless people coming onto our campus, some of whom may have uh, a mental illness. We've encountered that on numerous occasions. We might have someone who has addictions that are trying to combat. And so we're dealing with a lot of distressed people. So we want to treat those people with respect. Uh, But we also want everybody to feel comfortable coming and taking part in the ministries, knowing that they're in a safe environment. And then in addition to that, the medical concerns. Anytime you gather thousands of people, there's the possibility of a medical incident. And that's really the most likely. I mean, you need to always plan for the worst case scenario. But what's most likely are minor medical incidents, right? It may be just a trip and fall. It may be somebody twists their ankle. Uh, those types of things. And so we might want to be able to provide care for them. We have elderly congregants. One of them might have a medical emergency. And so trying to get word out quickly, certainly we always want to be able to call 911, get first responders coming to our campus. But in the meantime, before they arrive, how do we get word to people who might be able to help them during that interim? And it seems like you work with a wide variety of people who attend your services, but then also a wide variety of people who volunteer and they're not full-time staff. They're not employees. It's hard enough to communicate with folks that you have access to 40 hours a week, but those who just show up occasionally to do something, what level of difficulty, if that's the right word, does that bring to communication? Right. So I'll I'll just use one example. Uh, There was an incident shortly after I started working at the church where one of our elderly congregants uh, fainted. And so they contacted somebody in the class, contacted one of our pastors. Our pastor called me. My phone was silent, but I felt it vibrating. I pulled it out and they asked if there's a member of our medical team available to help. I happened to be within eyesight of a person who used to be a Navy paramedic. I asked them to go over to the education building to check on her. By the time I got there, they notified me that they had called 911. I used the radios to let our security team know that I was going to go to the street to greet EMS and direct them to the right building against a large campus. Time is of the essence, so I want to make sure they got to the right spot. So I was using a radio to communicate with them. Meanwhile, I was texting different pastors to let them know that, hey, this has happened. I'm on top of it, so you can keep doing what you're doing. 
And if you think about just the, the number, the sheer number of different ways we use to communicate in that instance, it, it was potential, a lot of different potential places for breakdown. What if I hadn't been there? What if I hadn't picked mm-hmm. up my phone? You know, those types of things. And so it's a matter of right then I realized there was a need for a different communication tool than we had in our arsenal at that time. Ah, so what was your improvement plan after that exercise? Did you make changes to your policies or tools after that particular emergency? Right. What we currently had at the time, there was a system we had in place that we could use to notify people, but it had limitations. It was a one-way communication tool. It was also very limited in what could communicate out. Very terse messages. It was really designed more for an in-office environment where you might put out a red alert or yellow alert. Well, even within that, people were like, wait, what am I supposed to do on a yellow alert? I think I know what I'm supposed to do on a red alert, but what, what's mm. a yellow then? And, yeah. and, and it was a one-way communication tool and it was very terse. There wasn't a lot of, again, actionable information. So I started looking for a different tool. How can we have a tool that's going to allow us to communicate well with bi-directionally with staff members during the work, work week? How do I have one tool that we can use during the work week with those scenarios? But then also when we're running an event, if you will, during services on a Sunday morning, communicate with a much different audience, doctors and nurses that attend. And so if, if you could eliminate the middleman. So how I would want to improve that uh, current situation that I'd, I'd mentioned was if we had had the ability for that person in the classroom for a leader in that classroom to instantly send a text message to 12 different doctors and nurses that were attending, mm-hmm. they could get care much more quickly. I even got the text message back, is Dr. So-and-so here that day? I was new. I didn't know the doctor. I didn't know if he was there. And if he had been here, I wouldn't have known where he was. But if he'd been on that distribution group of doctors mm-hmm. and nurses that were part of the medical team to go like, oh, I'm here. Cardiologist could have gone over. The good news is she was fine. We did it as a precaution calling 911, but it really highlighted the need and if you'd had that ability for a person, uh, just a volunteer to be able to use a tool to be able to send a note out saying, hey, there's a potential medical emergency, we need assistance. And then two way for somebody to be able to say, I'm on my way and for them to be able to see that communication back for somebody else to be able to post, we've called 911 or maybe able to post, I've gone to the street and everybody is informed through one channel of communications bi-directionally that we could have greatly improved the time of response and uh, potentially uh, helped improve the the likelihood of a positive outcome. Yeah, without a doubt. I love that idea. For anyone who's dealing with a a large group of people that come in to a venue just a couple times a month or a week or something like that, or even just for a a regular organization, pull your audience and figure out who has what skills and then categorize them because you never know. Like you said, on the fly, you might need to find everyone who is a doctor and speaks Spanish. Right. If you have those skills listed in someone's profile in a tool like this, you can quickly find them, communicate, and then bring resolution to the issue. That's that's fantastic. And the thing I liked when I, when I kept looking, I couldn't find anything immediately. And then one day I stumbled across Alert Media and, and I saw that they had the ability to create scenarios and those scenarios could be targeted at different audiences, right? So you could have a group of people that would say, hey, there's a potential uh, disturbance in this area and they could notify our security team, but you could also have a, a different message go to a different group of people and have those scenarios preloaded so that you could quickly have anybody pull up a template, modify it as needed, and then hit the correct targeted audience. So it might go to, for a major medical, it might go to the medical team, but it might also go to an additional group of people just for awareness of what was going on. Minor medical might only go to the medical team and then some of our security team members. So the ability to be able to tailor that for a midweek scenario versus a weekend scenario, targeting different groups of people, that was also something that was uh, really a strong quality of what I was looking for in a communication tool. Mm, Okay. 
how will improved communication affect the need for constant situational awareness for you and your staff if you think about putting those two together? Well, another scenario we had was uh, we get a lot of people coming in and seeking what we call benevolence. They're just needing financial assistance with things. And we do help people with rent. You know, some of our congregants need help with rent or utilities with different situations. But we, you know, we don't just hand out cash. We, we can't, we don't have, you know, infinite amount of cash to be able to give people. And we, we frequently will have people coming in and asking for money. And no matter how much respect you treat them with, they might not like the answer if we're not able to support them, right? And so we had one scenario where a gentleman came in and began to go through a fairly, I believe, well-rehearsed routine, uh, probably trying to cause enough of, dis- of a disturbance that we might just try to give him money to get mm. rid of him, right? Yep. In that incident, all of a sudden, a couple of people poked their head around the door and said, hey, David, I think you need to go up front. And we ended up, uh, I think, using the tools we had in hand at that time, doing the best that we could as far as responding to it. We had one other person come out and join talking to the gentleman. I stood around the corner in case things escalated. We also had somebody watch security cameras in case we needed to call 911. But the fact was our receptionist was hesitant to use the tool in hand because of that limited communication capability I've mentioned before. If you only had the ability to communicate a yellow alert, there's a potential that six or eight people could show up at the front desk and that could actually escalate the scenario instead of de-escalating. Right. So in the future, she might've been able to use a tool to say, let me see if somebody's available, use that tool to, to send out a note to six or eight people. And then one of us could reply I'm on my way. The other six people would have known, Hey, David's got it or Chris has got it. And then that way they know that they don't need to respond to it. And it should not be afraid to use the tool. Whereas before, if she pushed it out, it's going to far more people. And it might be a fear of sending it out and distracting other people unnecessarily, or it might be a fear of having too many people respond to the situation. So that ability to create more, not only concise, but detailed information about that specific event and get it to the right targeted audience is really going to help us manage those types of communications in the future. Yeah. It's an interesting point you bring up that there is this fear factor out there where people, I guess by our human nature, were a polite and B, we don't like to be embarrassed. So <laughs> when right. we think either of those things can be violated, then we're like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to send the message out or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. So having something that's really easy to use and is very targeted can make a big difference and it can encourage people to actually want to use the tool. Right. And in fact, uh, it, just yesterday, I was talking to somebody after one of our services. He's been a longtime member, 38 years. He was talking about some of the things that he'd seen in the past. And I said, you know what? In your role, in your role as a greeter, you actually are serving in a security role. You're filtering people as you're coming through. You may see a need. Can I have your permission to add you to, to this app? I pulled the app out, showed it to him real time, explained how it was used. said, can I add you to it? And within 15 minutes, I'd come back to my office, add him to the system, and he's now on that to where he could send or receive alerts. And so the fact is, I was able to train him within a couple of minutes uh, how to do the basic functionality of it. And uh, I'm excited about the fact that we could push a message out to a large number of people. We don't have licenses for everybody that attends, but we have it to where staff and key leadership positions that blanket the entire campus could help get word out Mm. to manage a situation. But likewise, if you think about it, we've now multiplied the number of people on our security team. I mm. talked before about network sensor systems and having an array of sensors accumulating that data back. Well, we just multiplied the number of eyes that could now report, hey, there's a suspicious person in this area. Somebody may want to follow up and check on that. 
yeah, get two steps ahead of it instead of being two steps behind. Right. Are there certain times a year where things get, I guess you could say a little crazier in a facility like yours, or is it pretty much the same thing year, year round? Well, it can happen at any time. You have to be prepared for any scenario at any time, but certainly bigger holidays, you have a lot more people coming. So you have a larger attendance, including less frequent attendees. So we, we have extra uh, people. We have a combination of law, uniformed law enforcement, also volunteer security team. And I just mentioned, you know, hundreds of people that are just eyes and ears on situations. So being able to manage, communicate during those, any of those events that we might have is, is key. And how important do you find it to be to work with law enforcement, I guess, ahead of time and before things get out of control? Do you have really good relationships with the uh, various local officers and facilities? Absolutely. And it's, it's great. We have different means of communication with them as well. Of course, we use radios and other means of communication. But having that as an integrated team, being able to be able to respond to different incidents is, is really, really important. Fantastic. Well, I could sit here and talk to you all day, but uh, <laughs> time is of the essence. And we'd like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide the listeners out there with a tip or just a piece of advice they can take back to their organizations to make an immediate impact. So in your opinion, what can our audience do today to improve their emergency communications or response efforts? My simple advice is don't wait. I'll tell you about a situation where I could have done better. We were getting ready to roll out alert media. We'd already trained our staff. We were going to roll it out to all of our volunteer leaders. And I thought the best way to do that was to have a luncheon where I could get everybody together, explain the app, explain the scenarios, why it was important to use the app and then have them download it right there. I was gonna already have them in the system to have them download it. We would practice with it there real time. And right about the time I was ready to roll it out, we had to shut down services because COVID became- Oh, wow. So all of a sudden we were, it was no longer wise to have a luncheon, but it was also, uh, okay, now there's not a need. We're meeting remotely. We're doing live streaming for a period of time until we reopened. We didn't wanna have services initially. We didn't have a potential of a mass spreader type of an event. And so we're trying to be uh, conscious citizens and trying to help slow the spread. So I didn't have that opportunity to roll out the app to our volunteer leadership team. So as we, we began to regather, as COVID began to wane, we began to reopen our doors, gradually invited more people, began to put volunteers back in roles, began to uh, reactivate our children's ministry. I was trying to weigh what's the right time to have this kind of event again, to, to be able to roll out this app to our volunteer leadership. And then one Sunday, our police officers came over to me and said, hey, David, I think you need to be aware of this. There's been a couple of, of uh, shootings. There's been a mass, or not a mass shooting, but a couple of, of shootings over at the Arboretum nearby. It's only about a mile from our campus. Wow. And there was limited information at the time. And we were like, okay, there's not a violent threat on our campus, but it's so close. We really need to get word to our congregants. Some of them may want to go eat lunch there. Mm -hmm. uh, what if the threat were to move towards our campus? And so at the time, since I had not pushed the app out, I had limited communication options. So I went to our senior pastor uh, who had just finished speaking. I pulled him to the side, let him know what was going on. And he was able to communicate to our people that were in the main service, what was going on and say, hey, you know, now's not a good Sunday to linger. Now's not a good Sunday to go out to eat. We just advise you grab your kids and go home mm -hmm. today to stay safe. We hate to share this news with you, but that's really the best for you. But again, we have a large campus. And so getting that word to different buildings, to different classrooms throughout all of those, we had to use the Paul Revere method, right? I was able to communicate with our security team via radio. They were able to help go building to building. We were able to secure those buildings. We were able to get word around. But people were hearing it through word of mouth then. Some of our children's uh, staff and, and childcare workers were only finding out by word of mouth from parents they're coming to pick up their children. 
I had waited to roll out a tool that would have been extremely useful to use during that, that particular incident. So I rolled it out the next week. So the, the real point is don't wait until you have a perfect system in place, put a system in place and then perfect it. And so I immediately rolled it out. We're continually adding new people. We've got new volunteers and we continue to reopen as people continue to come back. I'm continually adding new people to the program. I added somebody yesterday, added two people on Friday. Just continue to add those people to the system that you have, continue to train them, but don't wait until you have the perfect plan in place, put something in place and then perfect it. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. You know, it's uh, don't be afraid to try something. And then for lack of a better word, it's okay to fail and then just iterate, learn from what didn't work and just keep making it better. That's fantastic. I love that advice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all of your time, expertise and advice. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing what you're doing to raise awareness of public safety and security. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's folks like you that are willing to come on the show that help out. I'm, I'm just the guy asking the questions. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, if anyone listening out there has follow-up questions or wants to connect with you, how can they find you? Easiest thing would be to email me at David M, M as in Mary, David M at grace360.org. All right. Fantastic. Well, David, thanks again for taking time to join us on the Employee Safety Podcast. And for the rest of you out there, Remember, nothing ever goes 100% according to plan in an emergency, so communication is incredibly important. If you can't communicate, you can't recover. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.